To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Donate as little as a dollar. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. I know you have been inconvenienced, and I'm prepared to compensate you. Shall we say one million American dollars? No way. Very well, then, two million. You haven't got enough money to buy my daughter off. Nonsense. Joffy, apologize to Mr. McDowell. I will do no such thing. The man is beneath me, and so is his daughter. I don't give a damn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm going to break my foot off in your royal ass. Pardon me? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, reporting here from the Spare Parts Studio. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's the Sunday Leftovers. You can find me on Instagram. Hey, can I now? Yes, you can. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. And, of course, you can find me on TikTok f- uh, at positive sarcasm. Sorry. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Smack the cheeks. Smack the cheeks. Wake up a little bit. Uh, yeah, happy here for Sunday, everybody. YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. I have, let's see, a couple, let's see, tech update, uh, video editing update, and then stock market update. And then we'll close the show with maybe some Q&A. So the, what was it? The video update I've been working on since the wedding. I got part one done. I need to introduce it to the client tonight. Um, so, and I've already started working on part two because the two items, I'm doing it in two-parter. Sometimes when I do an, uh, like a wedding video, it's usually like in three or four parts. Uh, but it depends. Like if that's over the span of two days or three days, like some of the weddings I do, some of them, like the backyard wedding, that's, you know, in and out, that's one part or one or two parts. I just, I like to separate it because each part can have a different theme. Each day can be different. This one was over the span of one very long day. So when I did my very first first wedding, it was split up into four parts because I was there for a few days. Um, 
the one the reason I didn't split up the one I did in San Francisco into a, a chapter was because that was a lot like a travel vlog and it had basically like a narration a wed a ceremonial narr narration on top of that. So I don't have to I don't have to with this one I don't have to split it into chapters and parts. This one I did it's a two-parter because of the fact that it, all the everything the build up the the B-roll footage, the setup, the marriage, the ceremony all takes place in the first part and in the second part is just its own animal altogether and required me to finish the first part completely and take care of that and introduce it and clear it before I could change my mindset and focus on the second part. So once that's all taken care of, and I've already started the second part, I've already gotten like kind of the intro moving and things like that and an idea of how I'm going to connect the two together and whether I'm going to put it in one video or in two videos. But yeah, that will be up soon enough once I finish the the chapter two part, which will take, I think, about a week. I'm going to say about a week, week and a half to actually finish that up and do it right. Um, but in either case, that will be done soon. And then once I'm done, uh, once I'm done with the whole wedding thing, because I think at this point I'm going to have to shift my mindset completely towards uh, low cost Unless there's, you know, there's other stuff out there. But for the most part, I don't think there's going to be anything out there major at this point. So I'm going to focus on other concepts that I've been working on. Like I got, I did When the Signal Dies, you can go and find that on YouTube. That's only three minutes long. You can get that. I did that about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. The window, when I did this, uh, that was a quick concept. When the Signal Dies, and then I'm going to do the, uh, the wedding video. And then I'm going to get back into uh, my cyberpunk series. Um, this one I think is going to be entitled, uh, cyberpunk rescue. I have a funnier concept. I actually have like a, a humorous concept for it. And I have a really good idea of, because the first one was just a retro concept, really no, not, not a clear point A to point B as far as what I was supposed to do in the video it was just introduce the character and see how far I could take my editing skills at that time. And then introduce the character again later on. Um, then I did a, a, I did like a one minute Instagram rave video with him, with the character. And then I'm going to introduce him again. I was going to do it right when the pandemic started. Uh, I was in the middle of shooting the, a video, but now I have an actual, uh, concept of what I'm going to do now. So after the wedding video, I'm going to start diving into that. And I have all the, I have, I have in my head exactly what I'm going to do from start to finish. So once I get that out, It'll be easier for me to lay out a path. Uh, I'm going to finish the wedding video too. From there, I'm going to focus on two things. One, I'm going to focus on getting set up for next year as far as what gear uh, I'm going to need for a new spare parts studio as far as the market and what I'm going to be doing with the economy because I'm, I'm assuming a pullback. So a, a pullback of like 20% is a bear market. Anything over that is going to be um, is going to be a crash. And I see both coming. Well, I see definitely one coming. A significant, a significant pullback is, ha is going to happen soon. So, like, this is the thing. Right now, I do want to upgrade the spare parts studio, but I also want to have enough cash reserves so when the shit hits the fan, it's not going to be any. It's not going to be a big deal. So, one of the things I wanted to do for the longest time was instead of using webcams. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're starting a podcast, a webcam is the cheapest way. Anybody who starts a video format or a podcast or whatever. A webcam is the cheapest way to get started, whether you're using a 720p cam or a 1080p. Um, 
Either way, it's the best way. It's the cheapest way to get started with decent, with halfway decent audio quality and um, above above the standard webcam that comes with your computer. Actually, most webcams that come with your computer are dog shit, anyways. So that being said, um, you can get one. You can get started with about thirty to forty bucks. You can get a decent webcam. Uh, after that, the original thought was to uh, get a cam link. A cam link is basically it's a little Wi-Fi. No, excuse me, it's a little uh, USB dongle that you plug into your computer, and then attached to the, on the on the other side of it is an HDMI cord. And I don't know why I've never really looked this up beyond that. It's one of those things that sometimes technology kind of you know, becomes so cheap so quickly that it, it kind of, I lose focus on trying to find the cheap, I don't know. Well, all right. So a cam link basically on one side attaches to your computer. On the other side, it's an HDMI uh, female. So you plug the, you plug your HDMI cord into the, into that port and then poof, you can plug in any, virtually any webcam, uh, any, what do you call it? Any standard DSLR or mirrorless or uh, handy cam into your computer and you can stream through your camera, which has obviously a camera is far better suited as far as detail and audio than a webcam. Webcams are like mini versions of your video camera. They're just smaller, they're convenient, they, you know, they're cheap. But with if you can plug like uh, I have a Sony Alpha, I have a I have a Sony CX210 210. I've got two GoPros and then I have my Sony AX33 which is a 4K handycam. It's a freaking beast too. And on top of it is a Rode microphone. One of the more no one of the more popular uh cameras on the market. Uh excuse me, he- microphones on the market. It's giant. Why wouldn't I use that? Well, for the long you can't just plug that directly into your computer and use it as a webcam. Well, now you can with something called CamLink. But CamLink's been around for a long time. Why didn't I go and look for something cheaper than a, a, a CamLink? Did it was it out in last year or, or not? Well, apparently I went, I found something. I was on Slick Deals today, and I found something called uh, a video capture device that looks a lot like a CamLink. Now, what's the difference between a CamLink and this? What looks like a generic Chinese built uh, video capture device? Well, a CamLink is a hundred dollars. This video capture device, audio video capture card, HDMI video, capture streaming, HDMI to USB 2.0, $998 with free shipping. I mean, that's a huge difference. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to invest another $100 just in a, in a porting system for a camera when I already have a, when I already have a webcam. And I could be using that $100 towards either buying more batteries or changing out the lens on my Sony Alpha, the kit lens. Those things, they tend to get scratchy or blotchy or mold on the inside and you got to replace them. But they're one of the cheapest lenses you can buy, one of the cheapest powered lenses you can buy for a camera. Anybody getting into like photography or whatever, beginner photography, skip DSLRs, go straight to a Sony Alpha. Go find yourself any Sony Alpha. Start with the NEX5T and make your way up from there. They, they, that's that's the camera you use. It's it's the NEX5T. Just look that up. They're super cheap pre-owned. And then you can buy any kit lens or extendable lenses for re- relatively inexpensive. And you can use the old Sony Alpha or so, old Sony NEX kit lenses on top of that. So mine's a 16 by 50. And then you can buy the older one, which is an 18 by 55. And then, of course, you can buy the 55 times 200 as well. But... 
I'm thinking like, why don't I set, if I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on that, I could buy batteries or kit lenses or whatever, or additional microphones or other things. But for $10, I, if, if, if I just bought it, so I ordered this thing on eBay, you can go and check it out. If for $10, I can start, instead of using the webcam, I can start using the Sony alpha, or I can start using the Sony AX33, or I can start using a GoPro, which I have, um, symphonic, uh, uh, symphonic microphones for then why wouldn't I use that? Why wouldn't I go for that? For an extra 10 bucks, whether it works or doesn't work, we'll, we'll see. It's designed the same way a Camlink is. That's relatively cheap. So let's see. Maybe it's a licensing issue. I don't know. You realize that it costs money. If you buy like a, 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 a television, to have a headphone jack in the back of your television, that's the difference between that having one and not one is licensing. You have to license out the reason, the ability to have that port in the back of your TV. So maybe the licensing agreement ran out on Camlink and now they can just build generic ones for instead of $100, they build them for 10 or 20. And may, and first of all, that's in my favor. So now I can buy a cheaper one, which does the job. And now I have a much better, a much higher quality stream, a much higher quality podcast video. So that would, I mean, for 10 bucks, I would love to upgrade the quality of the studio. $10 is no big deal to me. I get better colors. I get uh, better contrasts. I get better sound. I'm game for that. That's a great upgrade for me. That's an easy grab. So I got it. I will test that out. Um, let's see. It's supposed to be here in about a week. So I'll get you the, I'll test it out and I'll, I'll let you guys know what the update is. I uh, will also want to give a best wishes to everybody. Happy Memorial, not Memorial Day. <laughs> My fucking Christ. Uh, give everybody a best wishes for Labor Day. If, you, if you're not working or, or you are working for Labor Day, uh, have a, a good holiday uh, Monday off if you are. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. People are working their asses off, trying not to lose their jobs. So maybe this day off, if you get it, it's, it's well-deserved either way. And uh, enjoy the most of it that you can. I did want to talk about um, really quickly by now. I generally don't go. I don't I, when it comes to stock market stuff. Uh, I generally focus with the wall. The Wall Street Journal is kind of my go to. But there are other companies out there when I want to look at stock pricing or analysis or target buys or whatever. Uh, then I can go to market. I can go to market beat or I go to NASDAQ. They have their own sites. And it's just chart work. But Reuters had something that has, it's an accurate point. I'm going to read them to you. So obviously, when you, the whole purpose of buying stock, all right, you want to buy a stock at a good price, then either sell it later at a higher price, or you want to option it later. Stock options are a different thing where you're predicting that a price is going to go up. You're going to buy a certain, a con, you're going to agree to a contract to buy like 100 or 1,000 shares or something and agree to sell it at a certain price at a certain time, make a lot of money. Everybody wants to go into the stock market, buy low, sell high, make a ton of money. Or you buy stocks for the long term in a certain segment of the market where you hold on to the stocks and you every quarter you receive dividends from each share that you get. For example, if you own AT&T, if you have one share of AT&T, sure, it costs you $29 to $30 to buy a share of AT&T, but every quarter you get $0.50 cents back from that stock. So that's $2 a year on one stock. Well, if you have, depending upon when you bought it and when you sell it and depending upon how long you plan to keep it and how many shares you have, that amount of interest builds up. Those dividend payouts 
build up. And you can choose either to reinvest it back into that company or just take it out and use it as extra cash. And you realize if you had like a half a million dollars in stock with dividend payouts, you could essentially retire. And I've talked about that in past podcasts. Now, here's the thing. Companies can buy back stock. Uh, the, the stock could crash. The company can go bankrupt. Um, also, companies can suspend dividend payouts or lower dividend payouts depending upon the market. They can do that. Now, the one thing you don't want to do when you have a company that's publicly traded is piss off your investors. Because if you do that, they sell your stock and then, boom, you don't have that, you don't have those funds. Because what you're doing when you have stock is you're raising, you're raising capital in order to invest in the company. That's kind of how it is. You either have private investors or public investors. Public investors are me. I'm a public investor. But there is this thing right now where technology companies like AT&T, like Apple, like Tesla are insanely priced. So, and with everything going on in the world, and I'll try to keep it focused on the money aspect. The stock market, basically, there is a gauge. And I watch this gauge all the time. Am I, and for disclosure purposes, am I invested in this gauge, in this symbol, and other symbols like it? Yes, I am. It's called the fear gauge. The fear gauge is also referred to as the VIX. Its stock symbol is VXX. It is the symbol that lets you know, basically, when shit is about to hit the fan or has already hit the fan or if the worst is possibly over. It completely contradicts whatever is going on in the market. For example, if the market is going up, generally the fear gauge stays low. Now, what's a good example of the gauge being high? Okay, well, to start, if you were to buy into the fear gauge right now, like if you wanted to stay Tuesday, I'm going to buy a stock in the VIX, the VXX, the volatility scale for the market. Let you know when things are not looking so good or when investors are scared or when the world's in turmoil. You would buy it for around $30 a share, $29 a share. What does it look like when the world's out of control? Well, the last time it truly spiked, I mean spiked, was... March. What was March? That was when the country shut down. That's when a lot of the world shut down. So that's when Wall Street crashed, basically. All the markets, the REIT market, everything plummeted. While everything was on its way down and down quickly, early March, the VIX skyrocketed. So for example, if you bought it at $30, if it was sitting at like $24 a share or twenty between $25 and $30 a share, and then it spikes and it spiked in March, you would have been able to sell it regardless of options. The price to sell it would have been between 70 and $75 a share. So you bought it at 20 to 25 to $30 a share at the most. It spikes. The max you could have sold it for was between 70 and $75 a share. So you would have more than doubled your money. You would have made like 150% on your, on your purchase. So, this is a thing to keep an eye on. And it doesn't spike often. It only spikes in times of crisis or vo severe volatility. So that's the, v that's the fear index. Now, is it soaring again? Well, as of late, it was dropping significantly. It was as of March, 
it was up to about 70 at maybe at some points during the day, $80 a share. But until about two weeks ago, it was down to about $24, $23 a share. So it was dropping. But you have a lot of things coming up in October and November. Kids are going back to school. There's some political stuff. There's cultural uh, there's cultural things out there in the atmosphere. There's uncertainty. There's tensions between countries. So you have celeb and you have other issues, unrest that causes. Also, when stocks, when certain segments of the market, another thing, when certain segments of the market, like the tech market, things get too expensive. Like for example, uh, Tesla or AT and T or Xerox or uh, uh, Apple or Amazon or Google are priced too high, then a possibility of a significant pullback or a sell-off, which can trigger a, ma a market sell-off a lot. Like a, a stock can drop $80 a share if it's like four or $500 a share very quickly within a matter of an hour. It happens. What will happen is the fear gauge will activate and you'll start to see uh, it tick up three, four points, three, four or $5 a share. What's happening is, is the tech stock is starting to have, they're starting to get too big. There's too much, there's the lack of paranoia. So the bear, you've heard the term bulls and bears. That's one of the things that is starting to rear its ugly head. The bear market, which is the more, uh, you know, pullback, we're in a lull, things aren't really hot right now, the market's not too optimistic. The bear market is when basically there's a 20% pullback in, in buying Everybody's selling. Everybody's holding back on making risky purchases, and that's a bear market. Can you make money in a bear market? Absolutely. Matter of fact, they have ETFs. Like you can buy the Nasdaq, you can buy the the Dow, you can also buy the bear. There are specific ones called SPXS. If you can buy it right now for like five five and a half a share. When there's a bear market, those tend to. If you follow the VIX, if you follow, you can follow the stock ticker tickers. It's really easy. It's important because if you want to make money or you want to protect your money in case the shit hits the fan, because this affects everybody. This affects everybody who doesn't understand what's going on at your job, what's going on with your with your mar, uh, with your four hundred one k money, your Roth, all this shit. If you have money in the market right now and you don't want to lose it, even if you're losing money in the market right now, you could be down five hundred to a thousand dollars in your stocks right now. You could recover all of them easily by taking whatever is left there and putting it in the other stocks that are going to spike when the market crashes. When, not if. Now, the difference between a bear between the difference between a crash and a sell-off or a pullback or a depression. Now, a crash is big. March was a crash because things dropped so bad, over 30%, over 35%, 40%. That's a crash, okay? But we tend to recover from crashes very quickly, very quickly. We recovered. We actually recovered to the point where we had to do a significant sell-off again in June. It was only a couple months since the pandemic since we shut down. So that's another thing to consider. Now, however, if you were to buy certain stocks, if you had a bunch of stocks in like, for example, February or early January, and then you sold those stocks and then you bought the VIX or you bought the bear stock at $5 a share and then sold it on that day in March, you would have tripled or quadrupled or quintupled your investment amount just by selling it, knowing when to buy it and knowing when to sell it. And then you take that money and you put it in the one thing that everybody talks about, gold. 
Not gold mining firms, but gold firms. Like an actual gold. Like you can buy it. It's GLD. Now you buy the, after you sell off everything in the VIX and you sell everything in the bear stocks, then you then take everything and you put it in gold. And you wait till gold reaches a certain number where you've made plenty of cash and you pull that as well. And then you have all this money. And that's what you do. Now I've been I, I've been fortunate enough to have not make too many stupid stupid decisions in the market. I've only had two or three bad trades. But the idea, I want you guys to know that there are certain things, if you want to monitor how the economy's doing, how, how your money's doing, you should really be paying attention to it because I don't want you to have to rely all on your job. I want you all to realize that there's far more options out for you out there other than just going to work and making a dime. There's far more options out there for you, including starting your own business. But if you're starting your own business, you have your own job, and you're working in the stock market too, then you have multiple avenues of income. And that's the most important thing. But the fear gauge obviously did go up to about 30 points of the day because tech stocks were getting a little too big for their britches. There was a massive sell-off. People got nervous and it spiked. Now, am I, I'm invested in this situation. I'm counting on this situation because I just have a very strong feeling and the rest of the, the, rest of the, the economy does too that this is going to happen. When? I don't know. But the market is emotional. And I'm just worried about what October and November is going to bring. But I'm not going to be scared about it. I'm going to take advantage of it. And I'm willing to take my entire portfolio, all of it, and put it on the fear gauge and put it on the bear gauges. I'm willing to do that for a short period of time um, because I have, I have very strong feelings that some real stuff is coming down the pike and it's going to trigger a massive uh, spike in the, in the volatility of the market. Whether it's kid, you know kids going back to college right now, and listen, a lot of this stuff is fabricated bullshit. But remember, you I always say that it's important that you profit off other people's stupidity, because people will always be stupid, and as long as you're not defrauding them, and you're just you know the market is where stupid people go to die. So basically, people invest in that. They see a big stock. They chase after it, and then they end up losing money because of it. But if you buy a losing stock and you're still making dividends off that, that's fine. You'll always make your money back in the dividends. I don't know. I, I, that's one of the plans I have. I don't care. If a stock is going is fluctuating and I'm up a few dollars or I'm down a few dollars, but I'm still getting those dividends every quarter, I'm fine with that. That extra cash I can go and use for other things. But the fear gauge is different. You don't get a dividend payout from the VIX. You get a dividend payout if you buy into bear stocks. If you buy into bear, uh, what is it, the SPXS, there is a dividend for that. It's not a lot, though. So if you hold on to it, you will get a little something for it. But if you are counting on the economy collapsing, then this is what you need to look at and keep in mind. And you can watch it. So go and watch it. It literally, it doesn't mirror. It's the exact opposite of when the economy is doing good or doing bad or when there's a significant event that affects the economy. You can see the VIX number, the fear and volatility gauge, go in the complete opposite direction of the market. So watch that. It's important. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm going to be uh, focusing on within the next couple months. I'm actually going to be focusing on it for the next year, I think. Because I don't know what's going to happen with real estate. I don't know what's going to happen in the new year. I just don't know. When there's so much uncertainty, you follow the money and you follow the VIX. So I wanted to bring that up to you. I did want to do one Q&A and then we'll get out of here for the day. 
Uh, this is Sunday Leftovers after all. I haven't been doing a lot of Q&A because I've had other topics that I've been wanting to discuss. And I've been missing a lot of Q&A. So let's see. There's got there's got to be one in here. Do I have to tell me to stop pretending it's going to call him by the wrong name because he's a tra- Oh, boy. All right. Mm, do I want to get into trouble today? Yeah, fuck it. Well, it's not. Let's just do it. All right. Here's my Q&A for today. Do I have to tell do I have to tell my employees to stop retaliating against a coworker who calls him by the wrong name because he's trans? I have managed John, a transgender man, for about two years. Lizzie reads Lizzie recently transferred to a department that works closely with ours. She previously did not know that John was trans, but now that she's interacting with him much more often, she's found out. At first she didn't seem to have an issue with it. But then she discovered some articles he published, he'd published while still going by Sally. And now she insists on calling him Sally. She claims that he has, she has no problem with trans people, but that she feels it's important to call John by the name he was given at birth out of respect for his mother. John and I have both asked her to stop, but she refuses. I've tried casually correcting her in the moment as if I thought she were, she were making a mistake. And John has outright refused to answer to the name Sally, but she keeps saying that it's, deprec- it's disrespectful to his mother to use a name she didn't choose for him. John complained to HR, but they said that because she is not explicitly harassing him for being trans, they can't do anything. John has now started exclusively calling Lizzie Elizabeth, there is another Elizabeth in the office. And if there is any confusion over which Elizabeth he's talking about, John uses Lizzie's maiden name rather than her married name. Lizzie hates this and has complained to him, me, and half the office. But he says that it's out of respect for her mother. Honestly, I think it's hilarious and kind of want to start doing it too. But I feel as a that as a manager, I should in, shouldn't encourage John to deliberately antagonize Lizzie, even though she started it. Hmm. And definitely shouldn't join in. However, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does seem extremely unfair to tell John that it's not only does he have to put up with Lizzie using his dead name, dead naming, such a stupid phrase, but that he also has to use her preferred name. Do I have to tell John to knock it off? All right. Well, let's deal with the situation at hand. If you change, if you legally change your name, then you change your name. So if you're John now, then you're John. It's it's whatever. That's. That has nothing that has very little to do. And that's it. First of all, you're in a work environment. This is not a gender thing. This is not really. It's just, hey, that's your name now. That's your name. And this is nothing to do with by a lot. It doesn't. It, it, this is different. We're not talking about gender. We're not talking about sex. We're not talking about biology here. It's just you transferred. You, you change your name. You change your sex or whatever. You're trans. Who gives a fuck? You're just an employee at an office. If your name is John now, you're John. Then you're John. I call you John. Whatever. If you still look like a Sally, whatever. John Sally. That's an actual person, you know. But, yeah, you call him John. You call her John. Whatever you think. Now, as far as out of respect for her mother, that's, first of all, it's not for you to decide what in that situation. What out of respect for her mother, his mother, her mother, whatever the fuck. Um, change his name to John. So you got to call him John. Now, as far as repl- complaining to HR, oh Christ! How many times have I said you don't go to HR for anything? They're nothing. They're fucking useless, and they only get employees into trouble and cause more problems, which creates more paperwork, which creates more rules, which creates more problems. It's just it's a it's a positive void coefficient that blew up fucking Chernobyl. 
the idea that you want to be caught. Well, now you're getting a taste of your own medicine. Your name's Lizzie. You like to be called Lizzie. Like people call me, like I'm, I'm, I call myself Jay just to keep it simple. People call me Joey or they call me Joseph um, or they call me by my last name or some people from college call me by what they knew me in college. It's whatever. But if you prefer a name, your first name, that's different. I'll call you, if you want to be called John, I'll call you John. That's different. This is just your name. It's not your actual biological, uh, biological thing. Okay. That's different. We're just calling you, uh, by your name. I don't, I don't, why, why, why do we got to make this more complicated? If you're John, you're John. It's your legal name. That's all. We're done here. The, why we, the idea that this is making it seem more complicated than it already is. That's the problem is making things more complicated. Yeah, whatever. If he's legally changed his name, that's it. That's it. His name's John. Call him John. Uh, your legal name is Elizabeth. You just prefer to be called Lizzie. And out of respect, not law, you want to be called Lizzie. And out of respect, they call you Lizzie. But your legal name's Elizabeth. We can call you Elizabeth. He can't. That's that's it. And if you don't respond to Elizabeth, then great. But if you two don't, if you two can't get along, then what the fuck? Maybe they should. If you two can't get along at the workplace and sh less work is being accomplished because you two refuse to call each other by the names that you prefer, then guess what? We can just fire you both. Because at the end of the day, you're both expendable. Everybody in an office is expendable. And if you two just want to go at each other's throats by calling each other stupid fucking names, then you just fire you both because you're both a liability to the company. We're not firing you because you're trans. We're firing you because you are being a child. We're firing Lizzie because she's being disrespectful. So, I mean, for, for the most part, yeah, I get it. If he wants to be called John, I would personally call him John. I'd call him John because that's his name. That's his name. Okay. Now, his sex, if he says he's trans, well, then he's trans. Well, that is he still biologically a girl? Yeah, he's still bi well, he'll always be biologically a girl. You can cut everything off that you want, but the fact is is that the the blueprints are still in your system as a girl. But that's different. You're in an office. You're in an office, you do work, you're an employee and an employee has a name and his legal name is John. So you call him by his legal name. That's what he wants to be called. Lizzie, we're calling you by we're calling you we're calling you Lizzie because we're being polite. We're being polite, even though it's not your legal name. We're being polite to call you Lizzie because that's the best way to get your attention. We could call you other things that'll definitely get your attention, but for the sake of not getting in trouble with human resources, we'll call you Lizzie. So I suggest that you two work it out and go from there. And forget about the fucking mother thing, the whole out of respect for her mother. That's just, that's stupid. That's a stupid argument. It's you're really trying to, by calling him or her or whatever, instead of calling the person John and calling them fucking, what's the other name there? Sally. You're doing that to prove a point. But there's no point that actually needs to be proven in this situation. It's kind of, it's a battle that doesn't need to be fought. There are plenty of other battles in a corporate work environment right now that should be being fought right now. You should be putting on the blue war paint and everything and breaking out the battle axe. 
This isn't necessarily one of them. If John is a productive employee that does the job, I've said this before, I don't give a fuck what you are. You're not anything to me unless you can do the job or do the task at hand. Then we can have a conversation. If you don't do the job, the only thing I'm going to call you is, the only thing I'm going to call you is unemployed. And then you're fucking useless. I don't care about your identity. I care about what you can bring to the table. And unfortunately, Lizzie or Elizabeth is starting to put her cultural and political beliefs ahead of her job. This is why I fucking hate offices. Jesus Christ. So call him John, her John, whatever John, and call her fucking Lizzie so we can be done with this petty bullshit and move on with our goddamn lives. We're at 34 minutes. I'm done for today. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on TikTok at positive sarcasm and, of course, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Part one of the wedding uh, is coming up in about a week or so a week, week and a half, two weeks at the most, and then I'll be working on the Cyberpunk Rescue Project. You can So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And, of course, you can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Supporting the podcast is easy. Just go to PositiveSarcasm.com. You click on the contact page. There's a donate button right there. Please, it helps out. It helps support the podcast, funding everything for this whole adventure of mine. If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can contact me through my website, or you can email me directly, PositiveSarcasm at Outlook.com. Uh, until then, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. I will talk to you all on Wednesday, recorded here from the Spare Part Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Watch for the VIX!
Podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.